fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Let's buckle in for part two of Jenna Matlin. Let's talk about the time chapter. I'll tell you guys a story about Rachel Pollock. The, um, the question that, sh- that she's referring to, by the way, is how has a broader understanding of time and our place in it informed your readings and the way that you move through life? That chapter, by the way, I was like two pages in and then suddenly I was like, am I in a lecture about relativity right now? <laughs> and am I understanding? Like, this is wild. That's wild to me because I went to, oh my gosh, she's read Ted Chang and she must love Arrival as much as I do. <laughs> all of, so it's, it's the, the people that have been interviewing me for the book. It's always interesting to me to hear from them what was important to them or what spoke to them. And I have to be honest with you, those who say the time chapter, I'm like, those are my peoples really my people's because that's my favorite chapter to be honest with you that's the chapter where i get to be a time nerd which i am i've always loved time stories like back to the future is like the the trilogy are like my favorite three and thinking about what is it like to be in a causal universe and playing around so with the idea of tarot is really stuck by our own concepts not but tarot itself isn't stuck and the more that we can unstick ourselves, the more we can see how tarot can bloom. One of the first insights I had was, why is it that when we read tarot, you know, for love or career, it's always about the future. And that's it. And we're just... But we also read tarot for past lives. Why can't we read tarot for future lives then? And I Googled around, no one had done it. And this was based off of a series of really intense dreams I had in college where I was speaking French and I was on a space station. I woke up with one word left speaking French. I have no French influence. I didn't even know if it was real or not. I asked somebody like, oh yeah, it means like this or that. I was like, oh my God. So that led me on this kind of like goose chase of how can I break the way I, I see time because that is a construct and use it in different ways. So I started, you know, as the anthropologist, I, I remembered, oh my God, the Yanomamo uh, in, in, in the Amazon, like some of them have no time words. Um, the aboriginals of Australia, they, they see time directionally from sunrise to sunset. Uh, traditionally, they don't have words for left or right. You couldn't play the hokey pokey with them. But they they have a savant ability to orient themselves in directionally in ways that we don't understand as Westerners how they're doing it, and we would have said that humans cannot. This brings me to Rachel Pollock. <laughs> so Rachel reached out to me, you know, to do Omega f- a few years ago, and I started telling her these ideas I had. That began like a pen pal relationship over the course of like two years and Rachel and I I think are very similar in that way that we love time and thinking about time I mean she had a series of comic books um time breakers highly recommend it get it from okay yeah she wrote like it was like a five or six series um comic oh I need uh, this (laughs) that you can you can find it on eBay and get it but Basically, it was about this idea. I don't want to like spoil it, but, but playing with these same ideas around time, time breaking. And so with these conversations with her, they were, it helped me kind of hone more clearly what I wanted to convey in the chapter. Because the thing is, this idea that time is just a train on a track and that like to read your tarot is to, just be on this track and that's it. And we're just, we're in a place of fate and that's it. You're screwed. You're SOL, right? And that's not true to how I see tarot work. To me, tarot, one of the ways it shows up, it's like the ghost of Christmas future, right? So it's taking us to a future. You know, let's think about the story Scrooge, right? So 
all the ghosts come. He's like, he's a jerk. He's so miserly. You know, he's so mean. And then the final ghost of Chris's future is, you know, a shrouded figure. He's led to his grave. He looks down on it. And he's like, where, where is everybody? No one gives a F about you, dude, because you're a jerk, right? And so then he goes back to his life and he completely changes who he is because of that story. Now, tarot is similar in that it shows us a future in order to goad us to do something now, whether it is to lean into something, to avoid something, to change something. So the future that we're seeing is always mutable for the most part, but the future it's showing us is a manipulation. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so the, the, the future we're seeing is not the actual, the actual future. And, and the moment you speak the, that future, it changes immediately because now there's an awareness. So if we think mm-hmm. of the act of telling the future with tarot is basically a manipulation from the universe to get us to in some way be our best selves now for the future that we want. I think that's the more accurate truth. I loved to later in the book when you were like, did I create a paradox? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> sure, maybe, who knows? Did it incite me to act in a way that was to my betterment? Yeah, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I love to the, you, I, I'm going to paraphrase this probably badly, but you, there was a line that I underlined that of course now I can't find. That was something to the effect of, how can I repair my timeline? Yes. Or what happens if I don't do this? Like, the mm. negative space that you play with when you talk about time is so fucking cool, man. Like, I was just sitting in my beanbag chair, just like, just flipping so fast because I was just like devouring this chapter. So interesting. Thank you. we don't especially in the Western world, like you talk about, we don't time travel, quote unquote, stories or stories where time is being manipulated are very, very unusual. And they have a specific genre because they're so unique. But like, time is not a linear thing. Detta and I joke around all the time about how like, we're so fucked up about time dilation. And like, what day is it? I don't know who cares. Like, it's just time is a thing that changes and to hear you so yeah it's like we constructed it which you explain so clearly when you talk about other cultures like Mm. and even so far as like the left to right of it Mm. yeah yeah. i never thought of that before yeah 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 that that the the quintessential three card spread past present future each in their own little box going from left to right is the model of a European's concept of time. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were to talk to a Chinese person, their concept of time is like bottom to top. So if they were to have created, uh, well, actually they do. If yeah. you look at the I Ching and you see, if you, if you do I Ching, you toss cordons, whatever, they're, you're, you're moving from bottom to top which aligns with the, the, the Chinese concept of how time flows. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, like, I'm going to come back to something you said that, uh, that I'm going to probably do some social media. Like, it's like, it's like, do you guys ever this where you're like, oh, I got to get this concept out. Like, oh, yes, you know, constantly all the time. So there's something called the preparedness paradox. Do you guys know about that? <laughs> yeah, do a little you, bit. So, yeah, it's like, so that, pre- like, I'm looking at it, I wrote it down, preparation for a danger, like an epidemic, natural disaster, mm-hmm. can keep people from being harmed by that danger. Since people didn't see negative consequences from the danger, they wrongly conclude that the danger wasn't bad to start with. Yeah. And as a reader, I run into that all the time. It wasn't as bad as you thought, or I, or the reading was wrong. Right, because you were prepared and it changed everything because yeah. of it. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And then this idea of like, oh, this terrible thing has happened to me. Why me? Why me? Right. We all do that. We all do that. But also we're not seeing the ways that the worst thing didn't happen when we weren't made aware of it. Mm-hmm. I just think that there is a, there is this, I don't know, like this recent thing, especially on TikTok, sorry, but like <laughs> really simplifying tarot and the act oh of reading gosh. tarot in a way that is so mm, against how I see tarot show up, which is really complex and incredibly deep and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like, and I don't want to get into a bashing social media thing because I know that they do I'm, some good things as well. I'm chronically online. I, I recognize yeah. this, the thing but, I live in. Yeah. But the fact that I remember when Instagram first went to, oh, if you go to seven seconds, that'll get you in the algorithm. And I just read last week. If you go to three to five seconds, that'll get you up. And I'm like, I want more than that. And what are you trying to, what is the agenda here to making that so short and taking us out? Yeah. And it's just like, they don't want it to be complicated. They don't want it to be as beautiful as you know it is. They want, they want addiction. Yeah. They want addiction. What they're doing is, is there's an escalation of dopamine hits from very fast content. So there's a known, I mean, they all know it's addicting. I mean, you can read like whistleblowers talking very much about it. Like when Facebook, like they didn't let their kids have it, you know, at the mm-hmm. time because they knew. And so all of that is to sell advertising. So you're right. Like it's not about the content. It's about the dopamine. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you have to escalate that ever more with more outrageous content, which is why the algorithms tend to take people to the most out, out, outraging content yeah. or shorter content. Because um, your receptors will burn out. And so you have to constantly get yeah more. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. say, though, that one thing that I was really inspired to do immediately after reading that time chapter was to do a reversed past, present, future and so instead, lay it out like like I normally would and then read it right to left to like get an idea of like how my f- potential future is affecting my behavior now Ooh, yeah. is a response to my past. Yes. And I was like, I fucking never would have thought of that ever because my perception of time is so ingrained and it's so linear. Well, not so linear anymore, but like. It's, it's very, that was then, this is now, what's next is coming. And instead to let that sort of open up like a tea flower and just be like, actually, it's a circle with many petals. Here you go. <laughs> like, that's a great metaphor. So Corey. inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, coming back to Rachel Pollock, her book, uh, A Walk Through the Forest of Souls, it will, it's being reprinted. It will be out May 1st. Awesome. But she talks about this stuff too. And, and, and really just, questioning your own knee-jerk assumptions about how like like she's like she's asking tarot in that book like who made god that's in that book jesus like that kind of stuff yeah so that's why when rachel and i started like pin she she has a thing with fountain pens like she loves like the old school and um so i was like yeah i'm in it but like that's I think her and I are very similar in that, which is like, why not? Like break break what like like really break your own roles because those could be an inadvertent prison that that is a construct. It's not actually what's going on here. Literally talked about that in the tarot poll this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. So this is the this work is just by the way, if you're really intrigued by this, this work is happening. Everybody, there are Shaw women out there that will do this reverse. Let's go fix your timeline work yep. with you. Mm-hmm. And I've done it with one <laughs> and it is fucking phenomenal. And it changed my life. I mean, like, oh. I know we say that every once in a while. Oh, that changed my life. And, and you know, it does. It changes it a little bit. This was deeply, profoundly changed cells it felt like it changed my cells it's a really powerful word when i read that one Corey, i was just loving you brought that it was like oh 
I get this now. I get all of this right now. And it was, it's, you're just, you're amazing. You gave me you're so many amazing. <laughs> you gave me so many more crayons to color with. Oh, yes. Yes. You know? Yes. Good. Yeah. Cause I think about this stuff all the time. And, yeah. and, 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 but from the context of the book, right, is how to be a good reader for others, right? Like that's mm-hmm. so speculative. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but like what, when someone comes and gets a reading, whether it's a, professional reading or a friend, whoever, what's the difference? And I had to really think about this. What's the difference between the people who go, oh my God, like she confirmed for me everything that I I knew. And then another person who'll go, she didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. (laughs) Right? What's the difference if the reading and your style of reading is fundamentally the same? And it was like, right, it has to do with their intrinsic and often un- examined belief around fate and free will and the philosophy of that, right? Which is in the, which is in that book. Yeah. So every person who comes to our table is coming with their own set of like assumptions, cosmological assumptions that inform how they're able to even hear the reading. And we need to keep that in mind. So if we sense that someone is, operating maybe from a different framework than our own, we can make that very conscious and say, this is my framework. Is it going to work for you? Which I think takes us to your other question, right? Around like privilege or what did you say? You had a, a empathy and inclusion, right? Yeah. I, I was one of the very first chapters that we read is on empathy and it's just beautiful. And later in the book, you mention the next world tarot, which I own and I absolutely love. By the way, I want another deck like that that's not post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because some people that turns off, but all the body images, it includes people with disabilities, different races, body sizes. And you skillfully intertwine the themes of empathy and inclusion throughout every single teaching in this book. And I'm just wondering if you can pinpoint a moment in your life that these themes became important, not only to your life, but to the work that you do. Yeah, thank you. First, I'm going to like jump back really quick and go to answer that question. I would love a deck like that, but wasn't post-apocalyptic. Yeah. You know, you know what deck I would like to see? I would like to see a deck created, patterned after Starhawk's fifth sacred thing. Did you guys ever read that book? Yes. Yeah, girl, I got you. I know you. Oh I, got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Right. <laughs> that would be the deck I would love to see. That, that would be those concepts that you're talking about. Oh, I got love you. you so much. I love you so much. You have no idea. I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, empathy inclusion. So... I'm going to preface this like answer that, that I am a person of privilege as a white woman, a Western white woman, an American Western white woman, a middle-class Western white woman. Well, currently middle-class wasn't always the case. And so it's really important and incumbent upon me to continue to listen when my blind spots are being shown to me, mm-hmm. of which there are many, and having blind spots is the effect of privilege that you don't even know because you've never had to know or never had to encounter it. I think I was very lucky. Like, I always was deeply, deeply empathetic. I mean, I remember crying over boys stepping on ants at five. I became a vegetarian when I was like 12. It, in 1980 something when it just wasn't done that that's always been very endemic to me of empathy and compassion. And the inclusion piece is always something I'm striving to develop and cultivate carefully, but also that doesn't mean I don't have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm always listening for values as much as identity and go, do these values align with the values that I have or, you know, and if not, why? 
and try to understand them, but still have really good boundaries. So that there's that piece. But with living a lot of my life as an outsider, and I would say that's even still true to some level, made me deeply empathetic. Like I was very, very big <laughs> growing up. I was very bullied badly. We moved almost every year. We were very poor. I was homeless for a little bit. And so that kind of tough childhood tends to create two kinds of people in my experience, which is people that are going to repeat that crap because that's how their trauma is like just remanifesting in their CPTSD or people who become deeply, deeply empathetic and compassionate to suffering. That tends to be what I notice. So I thank God, thank the gods that (laughs) I tended to the other way. I always notice in a group, like if someone's being left out or they're not being included, and then I try to include them. But mostly I'm kind of a loner, so I don't know if I get that option a lot. And as I'm getting older and and reading more around trauma and CPTSD and intergenerational stuff, it's just made me more conscious uh, about the only way forward is that we, you know, we have to hold ourselves to a high standard. I believe that like we do have to push yourself, um, but be really nice to yourself as you do it. Like it doesn't have to be this like binary of, yeah, whatever goes. Yeah, totally. Like whatever. Or like I'm a miserable SOB and like I hate, you know, like where's the, I'm going to continue to be really loving and gentle to myself, but also push myself at the same time. I think that's the trick and that's not easy to do. That speaks to a lot of conversations lately that I've been having in my life. Detta even was like, there for one yesterday around expectations and accountability. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the biggest shifts that I am seeing as I, as I, I'm 35 now, I keep wanting to say, as I am now an adult, like I've been an adult for some time, <laughs> but as I am becoming more aware of the world and my place in it is like so many problems and injustices come from a place of badly explained or communicated expectations Mm -hmm. and a lack of accountability to say nothing of like the systemic like structures in place because those obviously are a whole a whole thing but a lot of the ways that they continue to thrive and hurt is based around unclear expectations and a lack of accountability and to do that work is so hard and like you can Mm -hmm. see in the book that you like are doing it constantly and have mm-hmm. been doing it since you started. <laughs> and yeah. like, but you, your, your emphasis on kindness and tending to your own sort of like garden and its fences mm-hmm. is, is really, it's, I think it's so vital and it's, it's stated in such a way that it doesn't feel like you're like beating anyone over the head with it or trying to be, patronizing in any kind of way it just mm-hmm. feels very like these are some facts and you know be nice to your heart and your body yeah it's hard and it hurts you sometimes yeah you know it's true like people often conflate kind with nice Mm-mm. not in this house no, good. That's what I'm talking about. Right, the face I just um, made, listeners, was that like grumpy cat face because I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> but often um, people are so socialized, especially women in, in a codependent fashion, which is nice means kind or nice is nice or I have to manage everyone's emotions when sometimes kindness doesn't necessarily always look like nice. Sometimes kind can take other forms. Sometimes kind is a hard place to be, like having to tell someone the truth about something that's going to be really hard for them, right? But then we get into consent, and that's another piece in the book, which is like, I don't go after, you know, consent's important. Um, But like, yeah, like, um, can I tell you guys a story about something just happened to me yesterday? Ooh, please. please. Around this? Okay. So I had a client who... I've seen for a long time. I'm not going to get into the nature of our sessions. And she kept 
canceling last minute on sessions and wanting to reschedule many times, or she'd email me about it and go, you, you have to go through, like, I don't have the admin staff. <laughs> like you have to go through the actual uh, appointment booking tool to cancel and reschedule. But she kept not doing that, kept emailing in a way that it was everybody else's fault. I decided when I dis- when I really found that we're, we're not going to get anywhere and I don't feel like I'm being heard and there's not accountability, I, I canceled the sessions and I refunded her the full amount, of uh, which was significant, even though she agreed to 50% right? So just being like, here you go, but I'm, I'm kind of done here. And then I, I, I banned her. Say I can ban people and they can't schedule again. And I did that because I just knew that I wasn't, we weren't going to be able to come to a consensus. And I didn't feel that I was being treated with the kind of, you know, care and respect or even attention. Um, so then yesterday, uh, about a week after I did that, I got a one-star review from her with a really long, very curated story about what happened. And I know that that one star was about me asserting my boundaries. And I had to be okay with that. And that was her lashing out because she didn't get what she wanted. But that's being kind to me. And also being kind to her because if you've upset me, I cannot be a good reader for you. And I've learned that when I've tried to have those conversations, people will try to manipulate to get what they want anyways. So that's what I mean. The, the idea of kindness is, can be convoluted in a weird way. And we have to be okay with other people's reactions at their level of their consciousness and not take it on and, and release it. So that's, sorry, it's a long story. <laughs> no, no, it's a good. A, I think it's an important story though. Yeah. Boundaries are so crucial. Corey's been doing some amazing work and sharing it Ooh. with our listeners on boundaries. Yes. <laughs> Talk to my it's therapist true. a lot about boundaries. <laughs> um, it's one of that's my... Queen of Cups activities. Mm. It's that Queen of Cups, baby. Queen of Cups. Like that is the quintessential challenge point that of my clients that are Queen of Cups is the boundaries piece. Because, you know, it's water, you know. But um, but yeah, those boundaries work. It's okay if people get mad sometimes. You're still a good person, you know, really. I just had a mini epiphany. Yeah, you know, it's hard. I just had a mini epiphany about the court cards I talked about earlier. Oh, really? Like, you, what if the Queen of Cups is watering the ground for that page of Pentacles so that it can grow into a more stable Queen of Pentacles situation? Because I would like the thing that I'm working on after I did my solar return with Conwin this year was um, sovereignty mm-hmm, and yeah. uh, evolution, not change or growth, but like true like evolution of mm-hmm. self and. Now I've just had a tarot epiphany about it. So thanks. <laughs> I'll give you my Venmo later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kidding. Yeah. So yeah. So like, and that's, that's like part of that was in the book too. Is like, yeah. there's a whole chapter on what happens, what is going on when a reading goes south, right? That's a mm-hmm. whole chapter. Like what that so just happened because we, most readers are like I'm on. I'm an. I think I'm unusual in that I'm, I'm Queen of Wandsy and more of like a little fi- like fiery. Uh, but a lot of readers are Queen of Cups, Queen of Pentacle combinations. Queen of Swords is also a really common one. But like the the idea of like I was probably socialized in my family of origin to I was parentified maybe or I was the peacekeeper or I was the person to make everything okay. I'm a healer often become readers, which means that we tend to take on more and blame ourselves more than is actually really accurate or true. And so that chapter was my hard earned experience around this is when it's not your fault or it is your fault, but this is why, and it may not have been conscious. So yeah. The the incredible emphasis in that chapter on 
it likely has nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. Like, because I have to think that every single day because, like you mentioned, I'm a person that doesn't like it when people are mad at me or upset with me or if I feel like I've disappointed them. That's another boundary that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, the the emphasis and permission almost in that book to be like, release it because it has nothing to do with you. Right. Most of the time. A lot. Yeah, a lot of it. Um, yeah. And that we're not going to get the feedback to make that clear. And and I get that. I mean, I was very much a scapegoated kid, you know, and um, so there's always this innate like, I'm bad inside, deemed inside. I'm not, I'm not baby, not good. I don't know. So I've had to do a lot of that work and be like, this isn't actually my, like, what is mine? What is mine? What is mine? This is mine. Not because I want to blame or not blame, but like, what can I like just release and, and feel okay with? But yeah. Um, it's not uncommon for some querent to tell you you're wrong and you're absolutely not wrong, but they're listening through the lens of their own subjective and maybe even delusional reality. And you know, this is true if you do festival readings, right? Or party readings where the person that you're reading for and you're like, yeah, this is the deal. This is what's going on. And they're just sitting there and they're like, shaking their head and they're frowning and they're like, nope, uh-uh, not true. But their girlfriends or their family, whoever's with them are like shaking their head emphatically yes behind them. But mostly we only get the one-on-one. So you're not getting the external other objective going, you've nailed it because they're de- they want to deny it or they don't want it to be true. But then we'll blame ourselves. Like, oh my God, I was so wrong. Oh, how did that happen? Right? And I'm like, you weren't. But you're not getting that kind of feedback to sh- tell you that you weren't. That's just one of many examples. There's a lot of really great examples and activities. The activities yes. in particular in this book. I want, I'm going to do all of them. Yeah. But um, do They're you great. have a favorite of them? Like, which one is your favorite to continue to revisit as a as a sort of tenured tarot reader um you know what that's like you know that was like the hardest question actually i was like i can't like i can't like have a favorite child but i do think even like one of the first activities which is deceptively simple is the touchstone tarot which is like what is the one card that you mm-hmm. you need the, that card will make or break whether you like this deck or not and that is, that really shows what your approach to tarot is. And that is the threshold with which you interact with the rest of the cards. So I would say like a beginning activity would be like, grab that touchstone tarot and read that one card and all the other single, all the other 77 cards together. 77 like, readings. Like besides one another. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like, so, like a speed dating thing, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. get Ooh, the cards yeah. in and out. Perfect. Yeah. So oh. what would it look like? Strengthen, you know, strengthen the Hierophant or strengthen Ten of Swords or strengthen Three of Cups. What does that look like? So for me, strength is my touchstone. But but that alone will really inform you and also show you how Tarot wants to talk to you, those stories, right, that we talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. Dada, my darling, you're on mute. Oh, I am? No, oh, no, sorry. Me. Sorry, it was oh. me. Oh. It's because I sneezed. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to... Uh, yeah. Last question? I, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, we're all... Yeah. There is such... We kind of touched on it at the very beginning. There mm. is such a massive amount of tarot information for the new and the experienced tarot readers. What was your process for deciding how to organize the chapters, uh, what topics to keep, what to leave mm-hmm. out, and did you leave anything out that might? Ah, yes. So um, this hard in that I had to sit down and go, what am I actually? Because it's so intuitive and so kind of natural for me. How do I quantify it? How do I? put it in a rubric that other people can follow. That was really hard. I had to save recordings and listen to them and go, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Um, so that was part of that. Um, 
the, some of the chapters, especially for beginning, like the quick start guide, um, were like additions. Um, I made it more beginner friendly than it was initially because I promised Llewellyn that I would, <laughs> um, and because of it. Um, but it's cut chapter that I was told was t- maybe too spicy to put in the, in the book. And so oh. when people sign up for my newsletter, uh, or they can email me and say, here's a screenshot of the review of the book I did for you. I will send them that cut chapter <gasps> as a friendly little thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, spicy. I guess I better sign up for your newsletter. The yeah. spicy chapter. <laughs> that was, spicy chapters yeah. are good. I like that. Um, um, and Jenna, you like must hmm. be a mind reader because you said rubric and I, I teach college and hmm. I saw the word scaffolding oh, at some point in your book. Yeah. And I went, oh, that's why it's so freaking good. She's like doing that thing that, you yeah. know, that teaching thing, but good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's oh. how I read. Like, so one of the chapters, like t- my 12 layered process to read cards. Right. So but as you're going on everybody yeah yeah Yeah. that was that was hard that was what i had to really go what am i doing um but yeah like once you get to layer seven then you look back at the earlier layers because now you have context to read the earlier layers more clearly Mm -hmm. so you go like it's kind of like i say it's like a layer cake kind of you're going back and forth back and forth and you're building as you go but then you can go back to the beginning and read it more deeply because of what you got later on that, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, that, yeah. That metaphor, had by to, the way, cracked me up so bad because you're like, I'm not a baker. But like, let's say it's a layer cake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Right. It's a 12-layer cake. I have read Evo Dominguez's uh, Junior's book four mm-hmm. times already. And mm-hmm. I'll go back in for a fifth and I'll learn something even. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll learn something new again. Yes, and that's your book to me as well. Yeah, this is going to have re... (laughs) I'm playing a lot of video games right now, but this is going to have like serious replay value. (laughs) (laughs) It totally is. What are you playing? Uh, Right now, God of War from 2018. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. I I downloaded Stray. No, not really. (gasps) With the cat? Yeah, I'm not a video gamer because I don't have the like like hand eye coordination there do it like i'm like I don't know. uh but uh i was like kitties <laughs> stray is such a fun game oh my gosh it's so great it's and then so I fun get, like and then someone gave me another one it was another game what was it uh they call them what cozy management is that what they're called oh like, cozy games yeah i love cozy games yeah i don't like, like stardew valley or yeah. animal crossing or There's um a um, uh, spirit fairer that one's amazing yeah that one's cool. So, cozy yeah, like I don't want to be stressed. I just want to chill. No. Um, but um, but yeah, scaffolding. So, right, like we get to we get to go back and review what we earlier saw with such that then yeah. can inform those earlier. Um, but if we're only reading this, you know, past, present, future, why would you go back to the past card? We've already talked about that, right? That's right. This is why it's so limiting. This is my problem, you know, or like, oh my God, you know what drives me crazy guys? Like, um, people who are using past, present, future, but it's actually not tied to the question. So you're like, I just want to know, like, is Chad coming back? Oh, let's do past, present, future. Well, why are we doing that? (laughs) We don't need to know about the past. We don't need to know about the present. The only thing you're concerned about is the future. Um, but conversely like people are like i want to know about my new love i got all this bad breakup but it's like let's do a reading on this story i want to know like that's going to inform what happens next too so let's look at that oh so good uh, again everybody has to buy the book because <laughs> if you struggle with how to help your client form a question and how to do it skillfully and empathetically and like they don't even notice you're doing it yeah Mm. master class in that that is what that chapter was i won't tell you all what whoop stands (laughs) whoop is my new favorite acronym of all time (laughs) yeah that one was a lot of fun fun to do And, and it really shows a different relationship you can have with tarot and your querent 
you know, that can be deeply, because we can use tarot, like, you know, I call them, you know, junk food readings, which is like, what's my future? You know, and I'm like, we're really using tarot in a very passive way. When tarot for me is a very, very amazing intervention. It's a very incredible tool. So I tell my querents, like, you waited until shit hit the fan so massively to then come get a reading, not at date three, <laughs> when we could have maybe, so I tell people we want to use tarot very proactively as like, like we're taking the temperature. Okay. What, what are we looking at now? Okay. What do we need to pay attention? Not, oh my God, abandon all hope. And, and then tarot becomes the option of desperation. Mm. Because tarot should not, in my opinion, tarot is not your, and I mean this like in the royal, not you too, but um, tarot is not your anxiety management device. And if it is, then you're really like cutting it off from what it can really do. Right? Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. You mentioned at the beginning, again, badly paraphrased, that like, if you're going to start reading for other people, read for other people, don't read for yourself so much. Yes. Like, because you've got that subjectivity and stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But in the event that you do do a reading for yourself, the work you've done to help us formulate a question from a mm -hmm. soup of concepts. Yes. That has already helped me. Good. My like, all the time life to be like, okay, <laughs> what are you really trying to get from this moment right now? Because you are a tornado. Like, mm -hmm. how do we distill this moment into an actionable question? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is so valuable, especially to people who have anxiety or panic or, mm -hmm. um, in my case, anxiety depression adhd cocktail mm -hmm, like mm -mm -mm -mm. it's so valuable to have these new crayons thank you thank you yeah the question part and it's funny because when i really started on the scene that was really unpopular <laughs> like the older generation wow. of tarot is like no you don't ask a question you just go general and that's it and i had to really like push against my my querents who I mean, I was 34 when I went full time and I, I look young for my age. I, I always have, but, um, like it was really hard to kind of retrain people who were used to that older style, which is like, you say nothing. I will reveal all deal and go, no, no, it's okay. Like, I know you're worried about telling me too much, like, but trust me, by the end of the session, you'll be able to determine whether something amazing happened here or not. And I mm. like, so I want to hear from you, your story and help you pull out the pain points. And then we can target them so beautifully and completely that you're going to actually get a lot of help rather than like 20 minutes of like this rando stuff that may, may be relevant and important, but that's just not where your head is right now. Life is so large. Like life yeah. is so large that to do a general reading, I think would feel so overwhelming and and i don't know it would be too overwhelming for me to do yeah and i think we me. we like and so what people you know even my clients like the tarot reading starts before i lay down the cards the tarot reading starts as i'm deeply listening to you to hear where those like little knots are from which everything else is connected and we want to really go after that, you know? So kind of like, well, you know, what's going to happen to me in love in my future, right? Like there's a very common question. And it's like, well, where, where, what, hmm, what point, where, where are you in all of that? Mm -hmm. Oh, you door dash everything and live in your sweats at home. Well, so if we don't, so that's the thing. If we don't go into the questions, right? If I'm just like a, like a prototypical reader and they're like, I want to know about my future. Right. And we do the future reading and the future is like death, ten of swords, tower. Like, it's just like, you will never know love again. How did that <laughs> help that person? 
it could be true, right? It could be true because that person is a shut in. They're not doing anything. So they're actually getting an accurate prediction or probability, right? But how does that help that person? So they're either going to feel despair, like really that's all, or they're going to feel angry or they're going to feel, it feels like a fate indictment that they carry with them for years. And so why would I do that? Like, because I know that that future will change. So I'd rather be like, well, before we look at your future, let's talk about what the, what's, what's going on with you and love now and your relationship to love. We're going to come up with some advice. And then maybe after that, let's look at the prediction to see if I do X, does Y happen? Um, so that's what, like, we ask questions to help people to empower them because what's the point of doing a fate based? Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? The sort of the young man worried that he'd be like his parents mm. in relationship. Oh, yeah. mm. Like, I read that and I, I don't care if this is completely fabricated. This is such a like real, like, if this is a real life example, awesome. If it's an example that you've like, Amalgamate. amalgamed from other from others <laughs> like like whatever it is like this is such a like great example of exactly that like it is hard it will be less hard when this action is taken mm-hmm. there is a potential for something great and beautiful if action is taken yep because tarot is active it's very active. Yes, it and is. that's what I mean. It'll often choose, it'll choose a future, like that goes to Christmas future, to try to get <laughs> you to do something. So it could be like the worst case scenario, like just go get 10 more cats, just call it a day with your love life. I mean, that sounds uh, great. <laughs> but, but, you know, the way I love, I'm going to have love and in cats because <laughs> that's how I roll. But um, <laughs> like, I deserve everything. <laughs> right. And so sometimes I've seen tarot do that. I've seen tarot for lack of a better word, scare people. And I ask myself, like, why? Like, why? Why? So when I look at a reading, I'm not looking at just the data, the information. I'm also looking at what is the tone of voice? Because tarot can tell us that you and your boyfriend are breaking up a million different ways. It can do it in a way that's very scary. It can do it in a way that's kind of bitch slappy. It's like done in a way that's very like sweet and gentle and kind. And so I had to ask myself, why is this tone being chosen for this person with this question? And what I came to understand is the tone that's chosen in the reading is the one that somehow the tarot, the universe, whatever, knew that that person needed. That for person A, they need that bitch slap. They need that like, listen, this is not going to change unless you change. Because the only thing that goads them is fear. Other people, that may put them in a mental health crisis. And so then there's a different tactic. So I always look at, okay, tarot is saying this. But how is it saying it? And what's the volume of it? And that was the hugest. And that was like the first year reading full time. I was like, did I, I have to look in the book. Did I tell the story? I've been asking you guys about my book. It's been a while. I have the volume story about the, uh, the young woman who is going to be fired. Yeah. 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 That was it. That was like, I was like, why did it yell at her like that? Because she was in such denial of her own danger. That literally, like, Taro had to, like, grab her by her shirt and shake her and go, you need to F and see this. And this is the only way we can get you to see this. And that's what I mean by sometimes we we have to be kind, but it doesn't always look like nice, unfortunately. So that's, that's that piece. And, and so mm, when we can come to a really good question that's really honed, then that unlocks this other capacity to read the answer. Mm-hmm. In a way, we couldn't with just whatever you want to tell us. Wow, Jenna. Yes, <laughs> your stories are amazing and very well told as well because it's very, you create that tension and that I need to know what happens to this yeah. person, <laughs> you know. So it's Aww. really, yeah. Oh, just Thank such, you. I, if it's all right, 
I'm, um, oh. I am going to move us to asking you what you're doing next, but then ask you to hang around just a teeny bit for our okay. sparks. Yeah. So just, just very, yeah. And so what is next for you? What are you, can you, or can you talk about it yet? If you've got yeah. a, a so, deal or. No, no, no. I have like two potential proposals that I need to get cracking on. Um, I will not, one of them could be quite controversial. Okay. I will yes. just say, and I'm just like, will this ruin my career if I like this? <laughs> um, hmm. And then the other one I think will, will be similar in that it's based on my, my experience, um, and how to do it. So similar to this one. Yeah. So those two I'm kind of working on. Um, right now I'm just like marketing this book and, you yeah. know, trying to have like this, you know, work-life balance thing that I hear about. So I'm going to be probably teaching, uh, probably starting in April, I'll be teaching like a class, um, like based off of the book where we'll go through all of this together yeah. and we'll go more deeply together. Um, so that's going on. Oh my God. Um, you're going to teach an intermediate class. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try. Oh yeah, my God. Trying. Thank you. Oh, that's gosh, awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I may break this into like a beginning and intermediate situation or yeah. like a practitioner's class. Mm -hmm. But the problem is I'm busy reading clients all the time. Yeah. So like I have to like pull that back in order to, to get time to do this stuff. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling soon. I'm going to be in New York in April for book stuff. I was nominated for a cover award, uh, with oh INATS. I think Marcus did it. I don't know. So I'll be in Colorado for that in June. Um, and just trying to, it's a weird thing. Like, you know, I, I like sent this book off into the world and then it's like crickets. I'm like, do people like it? It's like, what's <laughs> happening? What's going on out there? Like, I don't even know how many have sold. I have no idea. No, it's just so. Uh, opportunities to hear from you guys, like what you, how it affected you and, and, and like what you took from it and like means the world to me because otherwise I don't honestly know sometimes, you know, like, hello, Bueller. I really don't know. And then I'm just like, you know, is it, is it landing for people? Is it helpful? Uh, cause yes. it's an odd book. Yes. It's an odd book. <laughs> yes. It's incredibly helpful. It's Thank you. so good. I was actually talking to a friend of mine uh, that we're going to start doing tarot workouts together, which Corey, Ooh. you're more than welcome to, to come to. Uh, yeah. who She's in my writing group with Teresa, actually. Oh, okay. And, and we're going to, and she was saying, I love that book. I love that book. So I will, yeah. We were talking about your style and I was saying something about how you articulate it and tell us exactly how it is. It's what we need to hear right now, whether we want to or not. And mm. she was like, yes, that's exactly how I felt reading this book. That is, that's it. So we, we got to get our asses off of our social media and go to review land, <laughs> go oh. to Amazon, go to Barnes and Noble, go to Goodreads and review this book. If you've, if you've read it and I will make sure and literally do recommended so it to our astrologer yes. yesterday, yes, literally did. recommended oh. it to my friend yesterday, literally reached out to some of my besties to be like, Hey, if I provide drinks and snackums, will you bring a list of questions and I'll just like practice yep. reading on them. Mm. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I, you know, it really is the case that you've people are like, well, I need to be more confident to read. I'm like, that's not how that works. Confidence nope. is the gift of you pushing into that discomfort. That's the gift. You don't get it. You have to earn that, which is you have to do a lot of readings, you know? And I tell people like on Reddit, Reddit relationships, that's where I go. Like, that's where I tell people go there. People are constantly putting questions out there and I don't feel bad about reading that because I'm like, they've made it public and often mm -hmm. they'll give updates if you like stuck their account, which will then tell oh you whether gosh. the reading was accurate or not. I'm telling people all the time to do that. You know, like that. there's like I'm hundreds there. every day. Well, and, and the test questions, like you yeah. provide such good questions to just be like, here's some stuff. What do you think? And it's like, I don't know what I think. This is amazing. 
Yeah. yeah. I think people are too precious with their readings. Like your, pre- your readings aren't precious. Like, like you, you have to, you have to get messy with it and read all the time. What's happening in the news? Read it. And it doesn't, and, and like people like move to Celtic Cross way too fast and then they oh. get overwhelmed. I'm like, just stop. Just I don't do even a, know how to do that one. Just do a so bunch true. of three card readings. Just a bunch of three card readings. No positions. Just what do you see? And do like, like a hundred a week. And you are going to become such a good reader so fast. You really will. Um, because you're learning fluency at the same time as accuracy, not I'm going to learn accuracy. And then one day I will become, I will learn fluency. That's not how that works. <laughs> right. I just, I, we, mm-hmm. I could talk to you forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want last, to. <laughs> the last <laughs> little thing I'm going to say before I cut myself off like a responsible adult <laughs> is the way that you introduced the idea that you do your initial spread. And if it's not enough, you just keep flipping cards over until the answer actually shows Till the, the story yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah. shouldn't be so groundbreaking but it is <laughs> yeah it is. but, but also like holding yourself accountable like you know when i started i was doing a lot of psychic fairs you know so i was hearing other readings and i was hearing a lot of really bad readings i'm like <laughs> like like the rookie mistake is we have question a they pull the cards they change the question to suit the cards. And I'm like, nope. Like, you have to trust that those cards are actually answering the question. So, talking about consent and agency and being service oriented and querent oriented, this is one of my pet peeves where someone's like, I want to know, am I going to make rent this month? I'm so stressed. And then the reader goes and pontificates on, on, you know, your, your scarcity mindset and your intergenerational blah, 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 oh. with financial blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, stop with that bypassy bullshit. Answer the question. Because what you've just done is they've come to you at their most fearful place or anxious place. And here you're sitting in your most competent place. There's a huge power differential and you've just made everything worse by not hearing them and not centering them. Yeah. Because you're hiding your incompetence. When you get to a place where you simply can't be wrong in front of other people, that's, that's no good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we can be wrong and the cards can be wrong. That happens. And we have to be okay with that. We're human. Well, Corey, I made an assumption that your spark today was Jenna. Yeah. Was that a correct assumption? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're just like going into Sparkland. And we want to tell you, go buy this book. And we we tell you sometimes, oh, you should find this book. You should No, you need to buy it. You need to mark it up. You need to. And if you don't mark it up, you need to do little sticky notes. And if you don't, you know, bend things down, then get your little bookmarks. You I, I'm serious. You all need this book this as book, a witch. You need this book. This book demands those tiny little sticky note flags. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like to yep. point at stuff and mark pages because I recently purged a bunch of stuff from my office and some of it was uh, an abundance of those little sticky note things I gifted them away. And now I'm like, dang it, <laughs> I need them for this book because there's so many things I want to point at and be able to go back later. Yeah. And and it, you're good. Mm. Thank you. And I, I just yeah. want to say to the listeners, I did not pay them for these <laughs> reviews. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a royalty check yet. I don't. <laughs> The listeners know that if we (laughs) read a book, we will tell you what we think of the book. So this book fucking rolls and you should go buy it. it. Yeah. Do your best not to buy it on Amazon. Uh, Yeah. If you can. Yeah. I I was wondering if you guys wanted wanted me to do a little reading for you guys. (gasps) Like I've been doing that on these podcasts. Oh yeah. Just a little little fun, little fun time. Yes, please. Yay. That'd be amazing. So, so we need a question, right? So like, uh, um, like maybe a question on the podcast or I have project. a question. Yes. And Detta, feel free to cut this if you don't okay. want to answer this question. No, that's okay. What can we do 
to what can we do to have a successful merch launch? Ooh, what can we do to have a successful merch launch? What kind of merch are you guys going to do? We took a poll. A lot of people said t-shirts, stickers, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. cups. And cups. Mm. People want to drink their tea. (laughs) Yes. Stickers are great. Like, you know, everyone's got a bottle of water that needs to have stickers on it. You know what I mean? Everyone, everyone. Um, all right. So what do we need for a successful? Okay. So I'm using the crow tarot. Is that all right? Yes. Why is the cat tarot? Oh my God. Yes. Well, you have this, you have the crow. So I was thinking behind you. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or the cat tarot. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Exactly. Did I, I called it. Yes. All right. Let's see what we have here. Fetta and I each have two different crow decks. She has that one and I have one. Um, it's a Corrado Roy publisher. Uh huh. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Something crow. It's beautiful. It's all black and white and kind of spooky. <laughs> kind of spooks. All right. So here's what we have. We have six of cups. We have the star. We have, I did, I did more than, I did more than three. I did four because that's what was coming for me, but page of pentacles. And we have three of pentacles. So, Six of Cups. Um, I think also something helpful, merch related, something helpful. So all your little witchy friends, witchy listeners, right? What will be helpful for them? And also Six of Cups is nostalgia. So what's some retro action situation that needs to happen? That's okay. the first one. Second one, the star, something inspiring, inspired. So how do they... What's going to fire them up for them to do their own? Like, I'm thinking, like, looking at this, like, what, like a little notebook with, like, prompts and stuff. <laughs> so, Corey and I have been talking about doing that. Oh, girl. Oh. You're psychic, Jenna. Oh, like, you're so psychic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Page of Pentacles. Start small. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, like, do all the things. Like, maybe just a few and see how it goes, right? Like, don't overdo it. Page of Pentacles. And again, but there's a practicality piece to this yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very like the, 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 all the three of them are like, how is this useful? That is the part of the merch launch. Right. But the star, plenty, like plenty of people listen. I don't, I don't really think that marketing is going to be like a big issue. I think if you just make it helpful in some way. Always about go service. Great. See, that was also yeah. another thing I loved about your book. It is about service. That's, it is. You know. Only because we live in a capitalist society and we have to pay bills, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yes, the charging thing, but yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I, when I was doing more of the business coach, I'm like, what problem are you, are are they hiring you to solve? Mm -hmm. Not, oh, I like to do this. So I'm going to try and monetize it. Mm -hmm. Like what, what are you making better that they're going to throw money at you for? Yes. That's what we need to do. So the final one is just three of pentacles. Which I feel like it's this is a double message here. I think there's you two and one other person who's part of this. I don't know if they're the merch person. I don't know. If there's a third person who's part there of is. this. There okay. is. It's Carolyn. And and just like you guys, it's gonna work. It's gonna be fine. Oh. You're gonna, gonna work well. I oh. appreciate the affirmation that we need to start slow because Detta and I both have a tendency to get real enthusiastic yeah. up front and just overload ourselves. So we both have ADHD, anxiety, yeah. and depression. So yeah, we have to be <laughs> careful about not feeding that particular side of ourselves. Obsessed up front is something yes. that I have going on a lot. So that's a really yes. good thing to just like keep in mind. Thank, Thank you for you. reminding me of that, Tara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jenna, I, we, you've given us so much of your time. I, I, I like want to send you cookies or something. Yeah. <laughs> send me that <laughs> notebook when you do it. Yeah. That's what I want. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, this oh, is a wonderful. It I'm, has you know, been. Thank you so much, Jenna. Oh, thank you. Uh, wow. Surprise what a- reading. <laughs> I know. Oh, you guys, this has been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. Thank you. I hope we get to do it again. Maybe when you do another workshop gather gathering getaway that you uh, talk about on the website. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Meet together again and and I can pay you and come Mm. to that. (laughs) 
And if you're oh, ever in Seattle, I, I have would a do great that. guest room. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. You know, my sister out that way. I need to head out that way sometime soon, but this has been so wonderful. Jenna, thank you so much for being here and being so generous with your time and your knowledge. This was a blast. Until next time, everybody, be well, act with intention, and don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.